It's so important that we align our words to God's word. That's how you speak life, and it will set you free. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is week three in the series, Speak Life. Now here is Pastor Nate and Mayel. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So good. Well, you look great today. Good mm-hmm. morning. And uh, Pastor Mayel and I are going to speak today. Yes. Gonna, good morning. Is gonna, the mic on? Can you hear me? Oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Live. You All are right. here. That's good. <laughs> and we've been in this series on speaking life. Mm-hmm. Speaking life. Mayel, have you ever found it hard to speak life or difficult at times to speak life? That's a great question, Nate, and the answer is yes. Anybody else find it hard to speak life sometimes, especially when things don't go the way you planned or the way you think they should go? Anybody else out there like myself? Yes. All right, we'll have an altar call right now. (laughs) I struggle with that. And actually, as we were talking about this, I was reminded of something that happened after the birth of our second son, Tate. Mm -hmm. So Tate is seven. Seven years ago, I gave birth to Tate. I had a C-section. And so when you have a C-section, you have to stay in the hospital for a few days after to recover. Most of you know that. It takes a lot out of us. It takes a lot out of us. And (laughs) after about 24 hours in the hospital, Nate was so exhausted from me giving birth. (laughs) It was a lot of work, guys. It was was a lot lot of work work. for Nate. He was so exhausted, he felt like he needed to get a good night's rest. And so he switched with my mom so he could recover from my surgery. And (laughs) he sent my mom, my mom came and stayed with me, and he went home with Titus to get recovered. And at 10.30 that night, I'm in the hospital with Tate, recovering from surgery. I get this phone call from ADT. And the lady on the other line is saying, "Uh, hello ma'am, your alarm is going off and we have been unable to reach anybody. Are you safe? And I said, what? (laughs) Am I safe? I said, I am in the hospital. I just gave birth. My husband was too tired and needed to recover. He's supposed to be at home. Try him. And she said, ma'am, we did try his phone, his phone. We weren't able to get a hold of him. And I said, what? <laughs> and so she said, I'm going to send a squad of police over to your house. So I'm in the hospital, hormonal. Speaking life in this moment was not happening. <laughs> All I was thinking was, Titus better be okay. <laughs> and so I hung up the phone, and I'm panicked, right? And so I call Nate. He didn't answer. I call Nate, I call Nate, I call Nate, I call Nate, I call Nate. He did not answer my phone call. So in my mind, I'm thinking, where in the world is he? Where is he? So I call my father-in-law, who they live like 10 minutes from us, and I said, Wes, your son is not answering the phone. I need you to go check on them. So he said, no problem, Miles. This is, at this point, it's like 1130 at night, Mm because we had been trying to get a hold of him for like an hour. So Wes goes to our house and finds Nate sleeping like a baby (laughs) next to Titus. (laughs) So just so you know, it really did take a lot out of me. I was really tired, (laughs) okay? And so I I was helping Titus go to sleep. I'm laying, and the next thing I remember is waking up to my dad staring at me. And I wake up and say, Dad, what are you doing here? And he's like, Nate, the alarm is going off. 
So I jump up and I go out and there are policemen in our house. <laughs> and so I'm thinking there's a burglar in our house. So I'm worried. So t- Titus is okay. We go and we search all over the house. And what we find was I had not shut the door into our house all the way. And so when I set the alarm that somehow in the night it kind of sprung open and that set the alarm off, right? So I was very, you know, struggling to speak live. I was struggling and then I looked at my cell phone. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to throw your phone in like a fish tank? <laughs> oh no, 16 missed calls <laughs> and speaking life. Yes, so you called me. Was an and opportunity. We, so I called yes, my own and, and we I had said, a great discussion hey, about... I'm getting some rest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. We talked about turning your phone on a... Uh, ringer. 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 Yes. But it was a struggle to speak life in that moment because I went from fear to angry. <laughs> I was so angry and I was hormonal. And my mom said, Mael, he needs to live. You need his help. That's, <laughs> that's right. Just... That's all right. But, but the truth is, isn't it, isn't it real, real life? We all have moments where speaking life is the furthest thing on our minds. And so what do you do in those moments? It's so important, I just think, that we have to have these honest conversations in church because we can kind of go around like, speak life, speak life, speak life, and it doesn't feel real. But we have to come back to, there will be moments where we'll experience life and we might step out into death talk or struggling to understand what God's saying, but then we come back to what God says. We come back because really speaking life, and this is what we've been saying, is aligning our words with God's word. Mm -hmm. And that key word is alignment. Because just like your vehicle, we can get out of alignment. And you start pulling to the right or pulling to the left and your car starts shaking. And what do we need to do? We go back to God's word because, and this is our big idea for today, your, your words reveal who you trust. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. Your words reveal who you trust. And we've been studying the Israelites and Joshua and Caleb, who are a part of them, and it's just amazing that they encounter the same problem. Isn't that fascinating? The same exact situation, the same exact opposite uh, obstacle, and the only difference in their destino- destinies is what they say because it revealed who they trusted. And so the 10 spies spread a bad report and the people grumble against God. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that's so important is that usually, just generally speaking, people love grace. We love grace. Anybody else here just love grace? We love mercy. And we love justice when it's for others. It's true. But keep justice over there. Mm-hmm. Don't let it come into my camp. But what we're going to re- read today, and I, I just think it's so important as a church, if you have your Bibles, go to Numbers chapter 14, mm-hmm. that we read that God is a just God. I'm going to say that again. We need to know and read that God is a just, just God. Why, why do we need to know that? Because we have to understand that everything that we're doing in life, there are consequences for them. 
Yes, forgiveness is available. Yes, his grace is always available. But there is consequences. And, and having justice a part of God's nature and character actually reveals how good he really is. True. Amen? Amen. So in Numbers 14, verse 28, this is going to be a little bit of a heavy passage, but I want us to read it because I, I believe just like discipline, it corrects our thinking so that we just don't think that, oh, I can just say whatever we want and get away with it. That there's actually consequences for our words. So verse 28 says this. <clears throat> so tell them as surely as, this is God speaking, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I have heard you say. In the desert, your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except, come on, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Mm -hmm. Now, just for sake of time, we're going to skip down to verse 36, and it says this, so the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it, these men were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land, were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Oh. Justice. Verse 38. Of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh survived. When Moses reported this to all of Israelites, they mourned bitterly. Early the next morning, they went up toward the high hill country and they said this, we have sinned, they said. We will go up to the place the Lord promised. But Moses said, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies. For the Amalekites and Canaanites will face you there because you have turned away from the Lord. He will not be with you and you will fall by the sword. Wow. Your words reveal who you trust. This is such a sobering passage because you see that the Israelites, God said go, and they said no. Now God says no, and they say go. <laughs> They're running around like a bunch of toddlers in the wilderness. That's really what this is. And what it's revealing is that they don't trust God. They are trusting themselves. And the saddest part to me about this whole situation, it says that Moses did not go and the Ark of the Covenant did not go. They went without God's presence. Mm -hmm. And it's the presence of God that marks us. And when you put your trust in yourself, mm -hmm. you are going in a direction opposite from the way and the path that God has for you. Mm -hmm. Your words reveal who you trust. And the Israelites, it revealed they trusted themselves. Yeah, and in contrast, Joshua and Caleb, they trusted God. 
Every step of the way, there were obstacles, and they said, yes, we surely can. And when you do that, when you speak life, when your words partner with what God is saying and you obey those words, there are three critical shifts that happen on the inside that actually display on the outside. And that's what we want to talk to talk to you about today. Three critical shifts that will happen in your life. If you speak life, you will see something change. And the first shift is this. You will move from fear to faith. Yeah. Say it with me. Fear, fear to, faith. to faith. Fear to faith. When we trust God, we can speak faith in the face of fear. Yeah. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, when we trust God, we can have faith, even when fear presents itself. Yeah. And it's this word that I love, I heard it from someone else, but it's this word Godfidence. Everybody say Godfidence. Godfidence. Godfidence is having confidence in who God is in me and through me. It's not putting my confidence in my abilities, myself. It's having confidence in who God is, who he says he is, that we believe that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he's going to do. We move from fear to faith, and it's evidenced in what you say. And here's what happens, a lot of us. We're going to do this illustration for you <laughs> because I think it's a good visual of what a lot of us are like. How many of you have ever done a trust fall before? I'm not very good at them because I like having control. Honestly, I relate to the Israelites if I don't like admitting it, but I do at times where it says, God, God says, do something. I'm like, are you sure? Could we have a calculated? Could you just, I need all the parameters, Lord. And this is what we look like. We say, okay, Nate, you get to represent God just you. for the illustration. That's it. Okay. I so, got you. Just for the illustration. So this is what we're like with Lord. We come to Lord and we're like, God, we trust you. That's and right. he says, all right, go. So right. this is what we look like. Okay, God. Oh, wait. <laughs> I got you. You got me? Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure you got me? Are you sure you thought this through, Lord? Yeah, 14 and a half years, almost 15 years. <laughs> it's a weird call. You're I'm just pretending. You. Okay. Okay, sorry. So, all right, God. You got it? I'm, I got you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> But this is the illustration. This is what we're like with the Lord. It's like, yes, God, I trust you. And then, oh, we try and take control. But this is what surrender really you. looks like. All right, Nate, don't drop me. I won't. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I thought you were going to miss You did it. <laughs> you did it. But here's the thing. That's a silly illustration, but so powerful because that is what we look like with the Lord. We mm -hmm. go back and forth and back and forth and we say with our words, God, I trust you. But then our actions don't follow it up. Yeah. And then we start asking questions and then we start doubting. And so when the Lord says go, we end up saying, no, not yet. And then when the Lord says no, we say, oh, but now I'm ready. But he's onto <laughs> a new thing. How many of you can relate to this? I can totally relate to this in my own life. And here's where we are moving from. We're moving from fear to faith. It's yeah. having confidence, confidence that he's going to catch you. He's not going to let you fall. He's got your back. He's with you every step of the way. And here's what I love about Joshua and Caleb. They believed God, <laughs> even though it took another 40 years to get into the promised land. And check it out, in 1412 it says this, now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. This is Caleb speaking. 
You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, what is that? That's confidence, that's mm-hmm. faith talking. I will drive them out just as he mm-hmm. said. Forty years later, he's still speaking faith. He's speaking out the promises of God even in the face of fear. When we face difficulty, it doesn't mean that we are, we're called to run. That's not what speaking life is. Speaking life is looking at fear in the face and so I know my God is greater. And with him, victory is on my side. Come on. And you know who benefits from that? Not only Caleb, but his daughter, the generations to come, benefit the blessing of his belief in who God is, that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he's gonna do. And it, later on in the chapter, in chapter 15, it says that his daughter, with a really crazy name, she inherits not only land, but a spring of water. So she's experienced abundance in the promised land. That's how good our God is. That when we trust him, he leads us into the promised land. That he leads us into abundance. And that he has a covering over us so we can walk in faith even when things get scary. I love what Lisa Bevere says. She says, your children will either inherit God's promise or your fears. Oof, that's good. What you speak reveals who you trust. Mm -hmm. And if you wanna know who you trust, just ask your kids. What you speak reveals who you trust. Your children will either inherit God's promise or your fears. What inheritance are you passing down to the next generation? To your kids, Mm -hmm. to your grandkids, to your nieces, to your nephews, to your spiritual sons and daughters, to your neighbors, what are you passing on? Maybe students in a classroom, what are you passing on to the next generation? man, I want my kids to inherit the promises of God. That they hear me in the face of fear, that they hear their mom declare the promises of God even when it's difficult, even when I'm afraid. Every morning before my kids go to school, this is what I say to them. I did it when they were little and I would just speak it over them and now they interact with me. I say, Titus, Tate, who are you? And they say, I'm a mighty warrior. And I say, why do I love you? And they say, because I'm your son. I never want them to think that my love for them is conditional. Yeah. It's unconditional. I love you because you're my son. And you know what's so cool? Tate sometimes will change it. He goes, you love me because I'm a genius. That's what he said the last time. And I said, yes, you are. But this last week, I was having a rough day. And Titus came up to me and he looked at me and goes, mom, who are you? <laughs> you love it when your kids call you out? I'm like, man. But I was stuck in that moment like, oh, I'm partnering with fear right now. Mm -hmm. And he's calling me out. The Lord's using him to call me out. And I said, Titus, I'm a mighty warrior. And he goes, that's right, mom. Why do I love you? Because I'm your mother. (laughs) Because I gave birth to you. But this is what it is, is we wanna inherit the promises of God. You know what, I walked away from that feeling convicted, but also so glad. My boys get it, they get it, that this is who they are. So no matter what you face, You can speak faith in the face of fear. So good. The second shift, so what was the first shift? The first shift was what? What was it? Fear to faith. The second shift that we want to talk about today is that you will move from bondage to freedom. Mm -hmm. When you trust God, he actually reveals the truth. The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free or make you free. John 8, 32 says that. It's so important that we align our words to God's word. That's how you speak life. And it will 
set you free. Mm -hmm. It's amazing when we look at Caleb and Joshua, the freedom they experienced wasn't something they made up. It was actually something God promised. God promised them freedom. They just had to agree with him and obey. And whenever we talk about speaking life, it's so important that as we're talking about it, I, I hope you kind of tune into this because it's different than what the world will tell you about speaking life. See, the, the world likes to, there's something called universalism, maybe you've heard of this, where basically all roads lead to God, and as long as you're positive, everything will just work out. And I just want to tell you just real clearly, speaking life is not just being positive all the time. Mm-hmm. You see, psychologists actually have this new term. I don't know how new it is, but I've, I've actually read the definition of it and looked it up. It's something called toxic positivity. Have you heard of toxic positivity? I'm going to put the definition up real quickly. Toxic, toxic positivity rejects all difficult emotions in favor of cheerful and often falsely positive facades. And at at first glance, and you've probably seen this on um, different videos, maybe if you're on social media with Instagram or TikTok, and they have some, they're like, have positive vibes, bro. And they say all these different things, and they're like, oh, just be happy. Or they, they play different videos. Have you seen the Dory one? Where it's like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Be happy, be happy, be happy, be happy, be happy. And, and, and the problem is, if you never face your giant, you never taste victory. Right, that's good. If you don't recognize you're in a battle, if you put your head in the sand or you close your eyes or you shut out the world and you stay in your room or wherever you are and you just try to ignore, 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 how many know if you ignore a problem long enough, it will get too big to even solve? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happens in church life, and I've seen this over and over and over, is I'll be around somebody for years, and then I find out all this time they've had a problem that I never brought to the light. They were never able to come to the altar, confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed. Mm -hmm. And the enemy wants you to say, oh, just be happy, put on the facade, just keep going one day at a time. I'm happy. That's not speaking life. You want to know why? Because God never told you to say that. Yeah. He actually said, with me, all things are possible. There is freedom. And I've found one of the biggest things that cause bondage in the body of Christ for so many different people is the word offense. Yeah. And just a newsflash, if you haven't been offended, just give it time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Somebody's going to offend you, okay? When I was growing up, I, I remember my dad telling the story that somebody had made an accusation against him and his character and took it to um, some people that were above him and they actually were investigating him. And it was one of the darkest times of his life and it came out, this person was actually lying and everything was exonerated, it wasn't true, but people had partnered with this lie and told other things about him that were completely false. Mm -hmm. 
And so he was really hurt. Anybody else would be hurt by that, wounded? Yeah. So here's what he, the Lord, he said, Lord, what do I do with this? I'm, I'm really hurting. And so there was a, a high school with a track called Camp Ridge High School, and he would walk this track. I'm going to walk around you, Mael. <laughs> I'm the track. <laughs> Every morning, and when he would walk around this track, God said, I want you to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And then as he walked, he'd say, I forgive them, I forgive them. Tears in his eyes, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them. And then God would say, speak life over them. Mm-hmm. In the flesh, no way! Mm-hmm. But by his spirit, he began to speak life. Mm-hmm. He began to speak life. He began to speak life. Mm-hmm. You see, did the problem change? Mm-mm. No. But what transforms? Our hearts. Mm-hmm. And he became free. Right. One of the biggest lies is that we think our freedom depends on other people. Right. God's already set you free. That's good. No one can change that. So he was able to let that go. While he's telling that sermon, mm-hmm. that story, just like I just told you, yeah. my coach in high school was listening to this. He attended our church. And people were making up lies about him trying to get him fired. Mm-hmm. So you know what he started doing? Walking the track at Seattle <laughs> Christian High School. Mm-hmm. And he was walking, I remember one time looking out at him, and he was stopped in a puddle of tears, just Mm -hmm. weeping before God. Why? Because sometimes the pain is so deep. Yeah. It hurts so bad. And when we're trying to speak life, it's like there's just something grabbing our tongue saying, no, 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 no. And what we don't realize is as you walk it out Mm -hmm. with God, Mm-hmm. And you declare the things that are not as though they are. By the way, that's faith. Yeah. You watch God do a miracle in your own heart. Because it's not avoiding the trials and tribulations. It's knowing that I have a God mm-hmm. who will see me through. Yeah. And because he's already had the victory, I mm-hmm. can have victory. The shift that every one of us needs when we speak life is to move from bondage, yeah. from bondage to Freedom. Yeah. And what I love about that is that God can handle your pain. Mm-hmm. There's nothing too big that God can't handle. And when you bring him the pain, when you bring him your anger, yeah. when you bring him your hurt, you bring him the offense, when you lay it down at his feet, you surrender it, what happens is you move from despair to hope. Come on. Despair to hope. And that's the third point. We move from despair to hope. Mm-hmm. And this is such a beautiful word for us, for the church today, and I believe it's a now word, because there are so many that feel hopeless. There are so many people that just feel hopeless. Maybe they're not about everything, but about certain aspects of their life. And I love what Romans 15, 13 says. It says, may the God of hope Mm -hmm. fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Mm -hmm. When you trust in him, you are filled with joy and peace, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, I believe that God's gonna pour out a fresh Mm -hmm. outpouring of his spirit to fill you with hope today. So no matter what you might be facing, when you surrender it to the Lord, he's gonna fill you with hope because he's got you. He's got your back, you can trust him. I understand what deep despair feels like I've walked through many difficult things, but one of the most difficult things I've walked through has been issues with my health. And many of you in here, we pray for you weekly. We pray for some of the chronic diseases that you are walking with. 
And for me, this happened 11 years ago after the birth of my son Titus. Um, a vein collapsed in my abdomen, my lower abdomen, and after about two weeks, my leg had turned black and blue. And I remember looking at it going, that, that's not normal. <laughs> and um, so I went to the emergency room and they told me that I had a blood clot that had extended from the middle of my thigh up to my abdomen. And they looked at me and they said to me, they said, if that blood clot moves, you'll die and you won't be a mom. I had a doctor speak that over me. I also was told that my leg would most likely need to be amputated because the damage in my leg was so severe, they did not know if I could recover from it. Now here I am, I just had a newborn baby, first son. This is not at all how I had planned. <laughs> it would go. I'm thinking sleepless nights, yes, but not this, not in a hospital thinking I'm gonna die. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in the room, weeping, so distraught, so discouraged, because I thought, God, how can this be okay? God, this, how could this happen? God, how could you let that happen? This is what I was saying to the Lord, because I was struggling, and you know what? God can handle your questions. When you come to him, and I said, God, where are you? And he reminded me of this song I used to sing, that when I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. And through my tears, I just began to weep and sing it out. And I said, God, I need you. I believe you're my healer. And right then, that was the time when the new song, Healer, came out. I believe you're my healer. I believe you're all I need. So I played that song over and over and over and got it in my spirit. And I just began to declare what the, what the Bible says about the healing power of Jesus. And so I just began to declare the word of God over my body, that by his stripes, my leg is healed. Amen. By his stripes, I am made whole. And I used the promises of God to speak faith in the face of fear. Now, 11 years later, I have, I have prayed, I have fasted, I've got prophetic words that someday I'm gonna get a golden vein. I'm still believing for that golden vein. But here's what happens is every time I go in to the doctor, this is what's said. There's nothing more we can do for you. Nothing has changed. And I met in that moment where I feel so discouraged. God, lift this from me, I'm over it. <laughs> and he says, just trust me. It's for your good and my glory, just trust me. And here's what happens. When I remember in those moments of despair, I remember who God is and what he's done for me, I am filled with faith. I'm alive standing here before you and I should not be alive today because of the massive clot that was in my leg. I still have my leg. I can run, I can keep up with my kids. God is good. Am I gonna believe for my healing? Yeah, he is, he's so good. Does it look like what I thought it was gonna look like? No, but here's the thing, is that through this, I have been able to pray and believe with other people facing difficult things because I understand what it's like to contend for something. And so we contend. I told the Lord, I'm gonna be that annoying widow, like the annoying widow who just keeps knocking. I'm gonna keep knocking. And you know what? Whether you heal me on this side of heaven or in heaven, you're still good. Come on. You're still good. The healing's up to him, but I'm gonna keep asking. I'm gonna keep contending. So and this verse that I read during that time was um, Lamentations 3:21 through 24, and it says this, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Mm -hmm. 
The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Mm. I will hope in him. Don't forget to remember, my friends. Don't forget to remember who God is. And if you're struggling to remember who God is, I wanna remind you this morning, and this is something that was written by Priscilla Schreier, and it's so powerful. It's called, Who's Your Daddy? (laughs) Who's Your Daddy? He is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation, and he's the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, always is, always will be, unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised but brought healing. He was pierced but eased pain. He was persecuted but brought freedom. He was dead and brings life. He has risen to bring power, and he reigns to bring peace. The world can't understand him. Armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him, and leaders, they can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. Nero couldn't crush him. The new age cannot replace him and Oprah cannot explain him away. His li- he is light. He is love. He is longevity and he is Lord. He is goodness and kindness and faithfulness and he is God. He is holy and righteous and powerful and pure. His ways are right. His word eternal. His will unchanging and his mind is on us. He's our savior, he's our guide, our peace, our joy, our comfort, our Lord, and he rules our lives. I serve him because his bond is love, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and his goal for us is abundant life. I follow him because he's the wisdom of the wise, the power of the powerful, the ancient of days, the ruler of all rulers, the leader of all leaders. His goal is relationship with me. He'll never leave you, never forsake you, never mislead you, never forget you, never overlook you, and never cancel your appointment in his appointment book. When you fall, he'll lift you up. When you fail, he'll forgive you. When you're weak, he's strong. When you're lost, he's your way. When you're afraid, he's your courage. When you stumble, he will steady you. When you are hurt, he's going to heal you. When you are broken, he will mend you. When you are blind, he will lead you. When you are hungry, he will feed you. When you face trials, he is with you. When I face persecution, he shields me. When I face problems, he will comfort me. When I face loss, he will provide for me. And when, I fa- and when we face death, he will carry us all home to meet him. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, in every way. He is your God. And that, my friends, is who you belong to. That is who you belong to. That is who you belong to. So no matter what you're facing today, remind yourself of who your daddy is. It's our heavenly father who is almighty. Would you stand with me? today and we're gonna take a moment of response and allow the Lord to just do a deep work within all of us. And I felt like today as we were preparing for today that today's a day of action. That the Lord is saying, come to me. Because he wants to bring faith into this house. He wants to bring freedom into this house and he wants to restore your hope this morning. And those of you who are listening online, I wanna encourage you to make your living room or maybe your car an altar. An altar is simply a place where you come and you meet with the Lord. And sometimes we need to get out of our comfort zone in order to hear from God. And so I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna invite you up in different times to just meet with God. And don't leave until you have received a fresh touch from him today. He has something new for you. Lord, we thank you that you are such an almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. 
God, we thank you that you are such a good father. You're a powerful father. We thank you, God, that your promises are true and we can stand on them. We thank you, God, that you are alive and active and you wanna do a new thing in our hearts today. So Holy Spirit, come. Have your way in us. Have your way in us today. And even right now, just in the, the stillness, <clears throat> allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to you. God, is there anything in me that is not from you? <coughs> Am I partnering with fear today? God, would you fill me with faith? is there any area of my life that I'm in bondage to that you want to bring freedom? Any area of unforgiveness? God, I want to lay it at your feet. And Lord, for the parts of my life where I fear feel discouraged, would you pour out fresh hope today? We can have confidence because of who you are. Yes. So right now, we just want to open up this altar for anyone, you just need the Lord to fill you with faith today. There are things that, that have brought great fear and you need the Lord to fill you with faith today. Would you just come forward? Yeah. Would you just come forward, face fear by walking out in faith? <clears throat> no one's gonna yeah. point you out or make fun of you. We want to agree with you. If there's an area of your life that you need the Lord to fill you with faith with, would you just come forward? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Also, thank you, Lord. As you're, mm -hmm. I know if you're here, unforgiveness, I want to pray with people that are struggling with unforgiveness. I think there's a, a grace. You've held something that's holding you back. Yeah. And if you come up here, I just want to pray with you yeah. as we worship. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you, Lord. And the last thing is this. If you just need fresh hope today, you feel so discouraged and so despaired, would you come forward? We want to pray over you that the hope of God would fill you up this morning. Come and fill the altar this morning and meet with the Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for every person here who has come forward because they are facing things that are scary, that they need to be filled with faith today. God, I thank you that you are almighty, that they can trust you, that they can trust you with their life, that they can fall back on you and know, God, that you are almighty and that you've got them. I thank you that they can speak your promises in the face of fear and know, God, that you've got them, that they are not alone. And I pray for those, Father, who are struggling with unforgiveness, offense, that are in bondage to wounds and pain that has happened in the past. God, I pray freedom over them. I thank you, Jesus, that whom the Son says free is free indeed. And because you forgave us, God, we can forgive others. So we, just an extension of forgiveness today, God. And I pray over those who need hope today because they're discouraged. God, would you fill them with hope today? You're a good father. Fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit till they're overflowing with hope. Till they're overflowing with hope, God. We thank you that you're the God of all hope. So Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Move and make us new in your mighty name. Amen. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website 
at pcctoday.com or join us online for a live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com. 